Welcome back to the Brian DeVore Connection. I'm your host, Brian DeVore. Uh, empowered endings, what does that mean? Well, we all care about uh, our end-of-life experience and what it's going to mean for us, for our family members, uh, and I want to have two people come on and talk about the work they're doing. They've partnered together in more ways than one. Um, they are a husband and wife team. They're doing some amazing work um, for that end-of-life experience with their company, Empowered Endings. And here to join me to talk about that are Dr. Bob Uslander, Dr. Bob, um, and Elizabeth Uslander. How are you guys doing today? Great. Great. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Thanks. Good. So um, medical doctor um, and social worker slash... Spiritual counselor. I love that. Spiritual counselor. Um <laughs> Unique combination, of, and I wanted to talk to you about the work, the wonderful work you guys are doing. Um, Elizabeth, talk about um, how you got this whole thing started. Sure. So, um, as you said, spiritual counselor and social worker are my uh, training and trade. I came into this by virtue of being a hospice social worker and program director, identifying a lot of the gaps in the traditional healthcare model for end of life care and grief care, and met my husband, Dr. Bob. Um, and who was also in, he'll tell you about his background, but also in the field of palliative care and hospice, identifying the gaps. And together we've established a, a model of care that really strives to fill those gaps and work together in partnership, collaboration with patients, families, and other providers to ensure optimal end of life care for everyone. Awesome. And so I met you, Dr. Bob. It's been a while um, now. It's been a while now. Um, I remember meeting you. The first time I met you was we were, we were hosting. Um, a group of people like yourself, people in hospice, talking about end-of-life um, care. And I was fascinated by you know, just your breadth of experience and your knowledge. Tell us how you got into that line of work. Well, I like, I, I like to say that um, sometimes I say that it, it was a call. I found my calling, mm-hmm. but really I feel like my calling found me um, because I was, I was an emergency physician for many years. I practiced emergency medicine for about 25 years in total, during my, my career as an ER doctor, I, I had a, a number of experiences that kind of shifted my, my thinking and, and drew me towards caring for people who were approaching their end of life. Uh, I, uh, when I moved to San Diego in 2011, I, I knew that I was moving, I was looking for something that it was going to be a bit more meaningful, that was put the more in line with, with who I am. Emergency medicine is a, can be a very stressful uh, job and career. And it, it, I was finding I wanted more deep connections and I wanted to find a way to have more impact. And I just so happened to meet people in the palliative care world and get drawn into the, the palliative care, hospice care world. And it was so much more aligned with me where, where I could go into people's homes and identify what their challenges were and find ways to to provide support. But I also found that working within the system, the healthcare system was so limiting and pe- the, the options available and the, the way that we could support people was, was limited by many factors. So I started a practice that was really designed to provide a higher level, high touch care for people dealing with complex illnesses ended up doing end-of-life care as well. And then Elizabeth came into the, into the picture, and together we, we became so much more clear about what it was that, that was missing from that experience that caused people to struggle. We found the, the identified further gaps that, that we 
consistently were able to to fill so that the experience that patients and families had was so much gentler and left them with far less trauma and scarring. And that was what we wanted to continue to, to explore and to, and to build. So that through that work, we've brought together a team of other people who believe the same thing that we do, that it can be done better. Mm-hmm. And, and there's elements to that, that that we've identified. And now through Empowered Endings, we're really excited about bringing that out to a, a wider audience and, um, and having more impact. Yeah. It's a conversation that people generally don't want to have. Right, um, and I've had other guests on the show who work in hospice companies, and um, you know the work they do is so critical, and the work you do is so critical. We're about the end of life, and someone actually said there's no mulligans when it comes to end of life end of right. experience. Right. There's no do overs, um, and there's there's a lot of emotions that people have. Um, the person who is going to be passing, the family members, and so forth. So there's lots of components that go into it. Um, I would think it would be you know I don't know challenging is the right word, but um, you get invested, you know, with, with the folks you're working with. Um, it's pretty powerful. I liked the empowered endings model when we talked about it. Um, how you bring in these different components. Um, so, okay, who wants to talk about the different components in empowered endings? Well, I'll start with an overview. So, we've identified um, four elements that are really not a part of the traditional model of end of life care. A highly engaged physician who's available to patients and families to understand their experience, their values, their goals, and their wishes. A doula, which can be um, a person of a variety of different backgrounds, who's available to be a companion and a guide to the patient and also the family, very importantly, throughout the process and then also afterwards, so the before, during, and after the transition of the patient who is passing. Family support which is not really a part of the medical system. Um, you know, caregiving is one of the key topics right now in public discourse because there is no support in the insurance model, in the social structure for people who are providing for their loved ones in their end-of-life phase. So family support is a huge element that's missing from what people normally typically have access to and also support for, for the staff and providers that we're collaborating with um, in spaces where they're of niche specialties like end-of-life options, which are legal in California, for example, there isn't necessarily a lot of education or access to understanding some of the nuances of that care. And so our model is designed to specifically fill those gaps by providing the support guidance and education to patients, families, and collaborating providers, and, and really just working together to ensure that everybody's experience is optimized. It's funny. You say the word doula, right? Yeah. And we talked about this the other day. You think, I think doula, I think birth. Right, right. Um, it's a transition. You know, the baby goes from the womb, you know, to in, in life. So that's kind of what the doula does is help someone through that transition. But I've not heard of uh, that uh, with this type of situation. Yeah. So that that's one of the um, things we're excited about is we we recognize that uh, back in the seventies and eighties, early eighties, everybody was born in hospitals. There was there was no other options. I mean, maybe a rare person would want to do a home delivery, but people would think that that was crazy. Yeah, that's so strange, right? Yeah, why would you put your? Why would you, you know, risk that? And then, uh, over a period of, of years, um, birth midwives and doulas came into existence, and the the whole I, concept of birthing changed. They developed birthing centers, and there was a a whole new 
energy and excitement around options to have a, a more an experience that was more aligned with what was most important to the to the family. There are now as a growing body of people who recognize that the end of life space needs to be treated in a similar way: more options, more more beautiful experiences, more support. So there are people being trained as doulas, end of life doulas. We recognize how incredibly valuable it is to have people like that as part of the team, because they're completely devoted to to helping to smooth the transition, to educate the family to be a, a caring, loving presence, to help set up, establish rituals around the time of death, to help with all the different possible types of you know, burials and cremations and additional support. So we're partnering with very uh, well-trained and compassionate end-of-life doulas to deliver the, the model that we're, that we're so passionate about. And the experience that our patients and families are having is consistently beautiful. And we, re- we recognize that a lot of what we're doing is really designed to help the loved ones and the families who are left behind experience the death with less trauma and, and less remorse so that they can live more fully after the death of their loved one. That's a really critical component of what we do. And a key piece of that is, as, as Bob was describing, the medicalization of the end-of-life journey is something that has become normalized. And with the introduction of doulas into this process, into this, this journey that is not just days or weeks necessarily, but can be months and sometimes even years, there's a, a holistic, organic approach that people can take where it, you're not focusing care on hospitalization and necessarily treatments that diminish quality of life, but on the things that improve the quality of life, that enhance the quality of life for the patient and for the families. So everybody is feeling more well-supported and more aligned in the care that they're getting. Yeah, that's great. And you have a foundation. Um, tell me about the foundation and, and how that plays a role. So the foundation was established to help support in all of the ways that we can't necessarily. Um, We currently are offering a number of different services geared towards end-of-life care and options. So we have a bereavement support group. We have financial support for people who are looking for end-of-life options support and don't have the resources to engage it. And we have dreams of um, making the foundation much bigger and broader in its impact and um, you know, creating things like a hospice hotline where you can have an ombudsman type experience to help people understand more about their roles and responsibilities with hospice and what they have access to, how to advocate for themselves, and where to find resources that they might not be able to access in their local communities as easily. That's great. You have a lot of things coming up. Um, you know, talk, We talked a little about rebranding, so mm-hmm. talk about what's going on with that. Well, we're, we're, we have uh, come up with the, the sort of overarching uh, name, Empowered Endings, because that's really what we're trying to help people achieve. Empower, empowering somebody's ending often starts quite a bit further upstream. Mm-hmm. So we're really trying to reach people to help them understand the the importance of appropriate planning and appropriate conversations where we have an institute that is designing training programs and certification programs for people in healthcare so they have better understanding of how to 
engage in conversations that empower people. Um, and so the Empowered Endings, we're, we're working on a book, which is really exciting. Uh, the, the book is called Permission to Choose. That's a, that's a very prominent feature in, in everything that we do is helping people get to a point where they have permission and permission to choose the best course for them. Uh, and we're working, as, as the book is being developed, we're working on a podcast. So we, our goal is to, is to move the needle on this conversation about end-of-life care and essentially to create a new specialty of medicine that is built around true end-of-life care. Hospice is valuable and helpful and critical in many cases, but it's often not enough. And even people in healthcare don't recognize that. They kind of assume that when someone goes on hospice for their end-of-life care, all of their needs will be met and it will be a, a beautiful and supported experience. Sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't. And we're trying to make sure that, 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 that it, it never doesn't and people don't suffer as a consequence of not having the appropriate resources that they should be having at that time. All right. Well, and for your patients and for their loved ones, the whole experience. And I like it's permission to choose empowered. It's all about, you know, they're in charge. They're the ones. This is their experience. And you're just there mm-hmm. to support it. Yeah. True death with dignity, where you have the option to choose whatever course suits you because you know and understand what's available and you have the freedom to take whatever course is appropriate. Right. So to learn more about Empowered Endings and the work that they're doing, you can look on screen right now. Uh, You'll have all their contact information right there. If you are watching on video, if you are listening on Spotify, your favorite podcast channel, uh, it'll be in the caption. You'll see their website, phone number, et cetera. Give them a call. Check check them out online. See all the wonderful work they're doing for this great experience. Dr. Bob and Elizabeth, thank you very much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. It was great. Thank you. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.